Are we ready? Yes. Welcome to another festive edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. And that's it. That's, that's, it. Yeah, that's all we've got. Yeah. It, it took me by surprise and I'm looking at you both. I, I, had, to, I had to brace myself for that one. I was like, oh, I've got a little bit more time to upload stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, just like Scrooge, we'll move you in odd and hysterical ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, of all the movie taglines that we've ever <laughs> tried to shoehorn in at the beginning monologue of this this show, I think that is by far the weirdest one. I think it's the most apt. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, we will move you in hysterical ways. But how do you move somebody in an odd way? <laughs> I, I imagine it like, you know, a knight in a game of chess yeah. would move you in an L shape. <laughs> Anything can happen in the next hour. <laughs> okay, so seriously, though, if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your mice because we're about to staple some festive fun to this episode, Dave, you've never seen uh, Scrooge before. I've never seen Scrooge. And you've got no I've, idea what I'm on about. I've no clue what you are on about. <laughs> there is a scene later on in the film where uh, he, he deliberates stapling some antlers onto some mice. So, <laughs> just for context there. Anyway. Right, okay, yeah, that, that's cleared that right up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, what else we do in this uh, episode or, or this show? We take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a cheerful caption contest, a top-notch quiz some average impressions some merry xylophone playing some festive sound effects and a whole lot of banter so do stick around now this week's film on trial is the 1988 comedy scrooged is it bar humbug or is it ha bum hug Which one of them is a bad one? <laughs> which, which is you the know. good one? <laughs> oh, you know which one the good one is. Uh, hopefully, we're going to find out. Now, just to say this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you haven't seen the film yet, you can listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's available on Amazon Prime at the moment for free. Well, I say for free, if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription. Or also, you can also buy it on Amazon Prime at the same time. I very nearly ended up doing that because I missed... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I chose the wrong title, but... Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did you nearly watch? Scrooge? No, no, Scrooge as well. Oh, well literally okay. right next to each other with but two yeah, different, you just, you two different uh, visions, yeah. You could have streamed it, you just bought it. Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, yeah, and it's well worth it. That's just, <laughs> that's just that typical early. you. That is yeah. typical you. You know, when there is an option to do something for free, you will still choose to spend money on it. <laughs> that one had a better title screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternatively, what you can do is you can fast forward to our quiz this week. It's brought to us by Austin and I can't remember the last time you gave a quiz, to be honest. I know, it's been ages. I'm yeah, a while, yeah. I was wondering whether I'd purposely been passed over for doing quizzes. <laughs> yeah. And today we're going to find out whether that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, so we reckon Austin's quiz is going to start around the 40-odd minute mark. I'm hoping for 37 minutes. Well, I'm hoping for 42. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I've got it written down here. <laughs> now, before we go on, our last film on trial was The Night Before. Yep. Uh, very apt. Yep, that about sums <laughs> it up. Yeah. Now, Ozzy, you judged that trial and you deemed that the night before should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since gone away and you've watched the film. What did you think? Did you make the right call or not? Um, no, not personally. Oof. I, I like it. It's not, a, it's not a terrible, terrible film, but I just didn't think it was a good film. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, 
I just felt I felt like, like we talked about some of the humor. I just thought it was a little bit tired, considering what the films that were out in the years previous to that. They're all very similar, like oh, yeah. Hangover, Hot Tub, uh, Time Machine, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Same vibe, and well, just well, done this better. One was with Christmas jumpers. It remember? was with Christmas. <laughs> there was some bit. Don't get me wrong. There was some bits I thought were funny. Yeah. I did laugh. It just, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't pay attention to it. I might, I might put it on, but yeah, it's not going to be one. I'm. I, I, I wouldn't mind talking over it. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's a. It, if it came on the TV and it was on in the background and I had a few friends over, yeah, that's fine. You know, what I yeah, mean? I wouldn't look for. Something I wouldn't go else out of my way. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Austin. Uh, unfortunately, Alex isn't here today, uh, so um, Dave, <laughs> you are taking over the mantle of uh, this week's festive film feels. Hang on. You know what? I wish Alex listened to these episodes that he wasn't in. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, in comparison to his little uh, toy. Uh, his fanfare, fanfare, yeah. It's kazoo, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, Dave, because Alex is near, because, you know, it's it's festive, you've got an idea uh, with the film feels this Yeah, well, see, we're, we're on reduced numbers. There's only three out of five of us here. So I thought, you know, a lot of eyebrows shot up when I mentioned after, you know, my hat got, my name got pulled out of the hat to do Scrooge, to judge it. I said, oh, I've never actually seen it. Eyebrows went up. So I'm thinking... What other films are there out there that we've not seen that we think would surprise people, surprise our listeners, surprise each other even? And I'll throw another one out there. I mean, Kat was surprised that I'd never seen Mighty Ducks. You've never seen the Mighty never Ducks? Never seen Mighty Ducks, no. Never seen wow. any of the Mighty Ducks films. But here's the one that I think is going to get you. I haven't seen any of the Back to the Future films. What? Yeah, I, I'm not even Even kidding. I've seen yeah. all of the Back to the Future films. No, I, I shake my head in disgrace yeah. of myself, to be honest and, with you. I, I've, I've, I've just never seen them. I can understand if it was Back to the Future 3, you know. <laughs> Well, you haven't seen one or two? I haven't seen Cowboys one, one or two. Yeah, that's the Cowboys one. Yeah. You see, I, oh, sorry, I, I knew Back to the Future 3 yeah. had Cowboys. I get the yeah, pop yeah. culture references. I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I've seen it around enough. I know what, what it's about. I know yeah. what it's about. I get the reference. But no, I, I've never seen them. I've just never had opportunity. Oh, wow. Yeah, I need to work on that. I, I t- I, until, I think, like last year or the year before, mm-hmm. the, the big one for me was Gladiator. I'd gone all this time without watching that. never seen Gladiator? But, oh, I have now, but I, th- I think it was drunk at the time because I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one, one for me, and this always surprises people, uh, Scarface. The Al Pacino one? You've never seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah never seen. Well, I haven't even seen the original. I haven't seen any adaptation of Scarface. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that does surprise me. You yeah, see? Yeah. What about The Lion King? He's got... Scar- <laughs> there is a guy called Scar in it, and he does have a face. You've got that right. Um, no, unfortunately, no, no, I haven't. I haven't. Well, I've seen The Lion King, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I've never seen Scarface. Never seen Scarface. You see, we're learning about each yeah, other yeah. right now. That's what this is. I, mean, I feel like it'd be easier to list the films that I have seen <laughs> on top of the 126 films we've done of the podcast. Yeah. But um, I mean, until. To be honest, mate, you only watch about fucking half of them, right? <laughs> yeah. You say that you've watched them. So maybe I can. Maybe I could go back through the list and then you'd be surprised about which films on the list I haven't seen. You won that as well. How do you mean you've not seen it? But I mean, I've not seen Psycho. I've not seen The Shining, for example. I know that they're like big, big hitters. The Shining's a big one, yeah. I bring those up for the listeners because the posters are on the wall of of the room. So uh, just they're like the best ones to point out. Um, Well, so I mean, up until Avengers Endgame, I'd never watched a Marvel film, I don't think. Might have seen Iron Man, and other than that. So that's why I did the whole, watched everything in 
you know, a week Jesus. before our event. Yeah. Yeah. Just for a point of reference to the listeners, Austin is a, it's a reminiscent of uh, the scene from The Usual Suspects, where Austin is just listing stuff that he can see at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just out of curiosity, Austin, have you seen The Usual Suspects? Um, I have seen The Usual Suspects. Oh, well, there yeah, we yeah. go. That's Kaiser Zosie in, in the lift. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for guys who know a lot about film, we clearly have gaps, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Dave. Very uh, good uh, uh, film feels. Like much, that. much better than usual, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on to um, the uh, bulk of the show. So, this week's film, as we mentioned before, is Scrooged. Um, now, I'm going to try something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. There we go. Wow, it's a Christmas it miracle. Wasn't, but you tr- yeah, that was not bad at all. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, you were playing with two sausage fingers <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the one. <laughs> two little oh, well. pork chipolatas. I know, yeah, but I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Usually I, I biff up just using one, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well played, Kev. Thank you very much, thank you. Uh, okay, so... Um, yeah, so I, th- this film has been picked out of the festive hat at random, the festive hat that Dave is now actually wearing. Yep, still uh, with the selections in them. I yeah. feel them <laughs> crunching over my head now. I came upstairs and I was like, oh, you've got the festive hat on. Did you take the rest of the suggestions out? And he was like, what suggestions? <laughs> so next year's now suggestions are going to be very sweaty. <laughs> um, so this, this film was recommended to us by my DVD and Blu-ray shelf, uh, which features <laughs> such classics as Ghost Shark, the film about... Uh, well, you guessed it, a ghost shark. Um, also, a zombie, the horror film about a zombified Osama bin Laden. And a gritty documentary about the exploitation of animals in the hotel industry entitled Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> or at least I think that's what it's about. Now, all of the roles have been picked at the hat at random. So in defense and trying to get this film placed on their hit list will be Ozzy. Ozzy's a bit like David Johansson's The Ghost of Christmas Past. He's an incredibly erratic driver. (laughs) (laughs) And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on their shit list will be me. I'm just like Carol Kane's Ghost of Christmas Present. I'm incredibly (laughs) hot-tempered. And now, just like real court advocates who will be making the best case for our roles, these may or may not be our real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Which means this week, Captain Dave has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Dave is a little bit like the ghost of Christmas future. He's a bit of a buzzkill. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dave must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because, as we said before, Dave has never seen Scrooged. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So I think we should spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film this week. It has landed on me. Uh, so how will how, how would you like me to read out the synopsis? Can you do it as Carol Kane? Uh, <laughs> I know, it's a tough one. Uh, you don't have all to. the people. <laughs> Carol Kane. Um, uh, I, I can try, yeah. You sure? I, yeah. I don't have to. You can just do Bill if you want. No, no, no. Yeah. Gonna, okay. I mean, I know Bobcat Goldthwait is in this, but that's yeah. too easy, surely. <laughs> uh, okay, Carol Kane's it. A uh, selfish, cynical television executive <laughs> is haunted by the three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Not bad at all. 
Well, thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, so without hesitation, <laughs> Dave, can yeah. you please kick off proceedings? Yeah, by all means. So like I said, this is uh, this is a bit of a free-for-all. I haven't seen this film. It's not like I haven't seen it in a long time. I genuinely haven't seen it. So this is all to play for. I am going to be very susceptible to the suggestions you guys throw out there. <laughs> so who would like to get first points on the board? Oh, well, the thing about this film is uh, <laughs> that whole bit where they encourage children to take drugs. Uh, I think that's just completely... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. This yeah. doesn't happen any. Oh, no, it's but already it, gone down. It's on the board now. But, it, <laughs> but if it did happen, then it would have been done in a lighthearted manner. <laughs> Bringing that one back. <laughs> Ozzy, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, so it's um, essentially... Uh, the, essentially is the, the Christmas Carol story, but what's happening here is you've got Bill Murray's character, Jack, and he is uh, high up in, in a TV uh, studio. So he's right up there. He's an executive, and he's in charge of the channel and they are putting out the Christmas film. So there's a guy, there's a guy at the top. He has a boss as well. So, mm. so very high. He's the boss of almost everyone, but then he's got people on top of him. So you've got to bear that in mind for some of the actions he takes. Um, so he's like the president. And yeah. then you've got Robert Mitchum is in it as well. Okay. Who plays cool. Robert the, Mitchum. sort of the owner. I yeah. Think, okay. Of, yeah, the, of, yeah. So he's like CEO and he answers to the board sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah but yeah, the yeah. board is basically one man. Oh, who's cool. In, in top, right. Big, big top dog. Um, so he's, uh, he's there and he's, putting out the Christmas uh, playlist. So mm-hmm. they're trying to work out the biggest Christmas show and it's going to be a live adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Um, and it's a really um, over-the-top uh, sort of try, like show. They're going to do cut scenes in all sorts of different countries. It's, it's stupidly elaborate considering it's Christmas. So you, what you're getting here is he is the, the modern-day Scrooge character. He's a really uh, like uptight boss who's forcing people to work on a live show, big-budget live show, on Christmas Day. Um and, and and that is the premise of the film. You see, straight off, he's set up as as a bad guy. You know, he's he treats people mean. He's given out awful presents to family, to people who've really done him done him well. Just hands out um, towels, basically. He's just giving them you know tea towels. That's that's the present he's handed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he with their initials on them. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a standard. You know, like, oh yeah, well, a bit of effort's up. gone into it. Yeah. A t- teeny tiny bit of effort. Um, and then he is. Uh, met by a ghost of his old boss who says um, you need to change your ways otherwise you're going to end up like me mm-hmm. dead yeah dead. <laughs> well, I mean essentially it's dead I mean Same. some things are unavoidable but yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he's implored to make a change be less selfish move on so then he's visited by a Christmas present because Christmas past Christmas present Christmas future mm-hmm. um, but all alongside so it's not so yes it is a Christmas carol Yeah. but in amongst that you've got him trying to hold his life together because uh the son of the big boss man, uh, somebody who went to school with the son, is now up there. He's in the TV game as well, and he's trying to mooch in on on Bill Murray's um, space. Mm. He wants to be in in the in the scene, and he's getting in there. He's shadowing or supervising Bill's work that he's on for Christmas, and it's really upsetting the scene, especially with these visits of ghosts. Mm. So what you get is the the ghost <laughs> that that will distract you a bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. so you get the ghost visits, and they're interspersed with him. Then suddenly back in the real world acting crazy because he's just seen a ghost and then trying to piece that together um, so that people don't think he's a dick uh, or don't think he's crazy mm. and then move, moving it on through the next little bit. So that's the story and then it rounds off, as you would expect, that he becomes a decent man at the end. Um, so so essentially the plot is just A Christmas Carol, which mm-hmm. I'm very sure you're, you know, I know you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they've done by modernizing it with and, and interspersing it with the other sort of scenes to the other the other story 
We've brought it to like a 20th century. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a little dated with the 1988 vibe. It's, mm. you know. Yeah. Some of the presents he's given out are VHS players. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the big present. So there's but, three presents but on the list. not Betamax. Yeah. So, you know, we're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, beyond that. But I mean, that's essentially the story. And, and it works because it is very much a Christmas story. Mm. It's a, cl- it's the classic Christmas tale and it's, it's done very well. I would say from that, it's not just a boring straight, because that's what's going on in the background. It's the straight a Christmas story. There's mm-hmm. a guy sat in a chair. That's what they're filming for the live show is a, a old man. I can't remember who that is, but he's a big actor it's, it's as well. Uh, John Houseman. Uh, um, Poseidon Adventure. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 whole, the whole, the cast is star-studded in, and in some senses, it didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's some big stars in here for very short roles and I think that plays off because it's Bill Murray and it's you know he's got his Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live uh, connections so so that's where that comes off but yeah he's um, I think it's the nice modernised take on a very standard Christmas tale mm. okay uh, so I, I'd just like to briefly start by saying two weeks ago we did Love Actually and that was a bit of a battle and last week uh, we did uh, the night before and I felt that it was a bit too congenial or friendly. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to set the balance right. And I'm going to say, Austin, you're a shit bag. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with his views. However, <laughs> this film is good. I may be a shit bag, but the film is good. <laughs> now, uh, what Ozzy was saying, you know, oh, you know, it's, it's a Christmas carol. You know, we've seen this many, many, many times before, like many this is one of the probably most adapted ad, 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 um, novels, I'd mm-hmm. say, of all time. You know, mm-hmm. like every year there seems to be one or two get, uh, that get There's, there's one on BBC now with Guy Pearce. Exactly. But, yeah. how oh, many, God, yeah, yeah. but how many of them are comedies? Well, none of them, including <laughs> this one. Oh, yeah, I, I, Muppets. I worked, I worked into that. Talk yeah. about, yeah, about yeah, star-studded, yeah. the Muppets. Now, yeah. All I'll say about, about this to Ozzy is that it's not very original. It's not as original as it should have been, really. Now, the thing is, is that I remember this quite fondly. I watched it when I was a child and I went back to watch it quite recently for this uh, this show. And it is nowhere near as funny as I remember it being. Um, there aren't many, if any, laugh out loud moments throughout it. And the thing is, is that this is a comedy. The whole thing is, you know, the synopsis on the back of the DVD case is a, a comedic adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And it's just, it's just not funny. Um, now, you, you know, Bill Murray, he plays uh, sort of, you know, I think I mentioned it last week. He plays a familiar role, doesn't he? He's sort of mm. often sarcastic, uh, like sort of deadpan humor. Yeah, yeah. Now, th- that doesn't mesh well with the festival, attempted festive feel of this film. So it's in part quite light and quite jolly. And then you have him as this sort of like sardonic um, like character. And his jokes, his puns, his attitude, it just doesn't complement with what else is going on around him. And it, it, for me, it doesn't really know what it wants to be. It, you know, is it a dark comedy with sarcastic or unsardonic humour? Um, but, you know, why then have Bill Murray ad-libbing throughout it? He ad-libs constantly and he keeps on bringing flushes of, you know, his SNL humour with it. Impressions of Seymour from The Little Shop of Horrors and Richard Burton. Then later on, there's like slapstick moments where he falls over. He's beaten up by the Ghost of Christmas Present as well. And then there are side gags as well. You know, like there's a whole like five minutes at the beginning where they are showing all the different uh, films and TV programs that are going to be shown on the network throughout Christmas. And, you know, a lot of them are side gags, a lot of them are, are, are funny. But that's sort of where the comedy for me ends, you know, and then it sort of feels disjointed. It keeps on going off and trying different comedy styles and that doesn't work. So we'll try another one. And for me, 
it just doesn't know where to pitch the comedy. And that is evident by the film itself, which doesn't know how to set the tone throughout. Is it a black comedy? Is it a light festive film? Is it a family film? Who knows? It just, for me, felt just like, okay, we're going to make a comedic adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Should we write any jokes? Should we should we put, put anything funny in it? No, we'll just cast Bill Murray and, you know, he'll sort it out because he's a funny guy and people will come and watch it because he's in it. Mm. And that is the, the level of comedy for me. It's like, get Bill Murray, leave it to him. And if Bill Murray isn't firing on both cylinders, which unfortunately he isn't in this, which I'll go into a little bit more detail about later on, it's just going to be a failure from the gecko. I, I mean, naturally, I'm, I'm going to disagree there. Is, is the, um, so I feel like what the argument that's going to come from Gav is that Bill Murray wasn't on full, on full cinemas. But he'd had, he'd had time off. You know, he'd not been working up until that point. He'd been away. He didn't really want to do films for a bit. For four years, he'd been retired. And he was thinking, well, there's four years he'd been away from films. And he was thinking about retiring. And this is yeah. his first film back, and you can fucking tell because he, he just doesn't <laughs> want to be there. He's thinking to himself, "I want to still be in the south of France, mate." You know, mm. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think him, yes, maybe a little bit rusty compared to the the, the film previous. What was the one just before that? Was Ghostbusters, that Ghostbusters? Yeah. But in Ghostbusters, he was in amongst you know four. He's got he's part of a team of four mm. in Ghostbusters, you know, and he's playing off them. I think this is a big step up for what he was doing in Ghostbusters. And, and at times, yes, you know, he is the sole character. He is bringing this up. So there were a little bit where, yeah, maybe his um, his laid back laid back approach doesn't quite uh, doesn't quite land. But actually, he's playing Scrooged, a disinterested, disheartened character. He's not, I mean, he's not Scrooge, Scrooge, but he's the, the epitome of Scrooge. That's what he's meant to be. Mm. And actually, that does land. There are a few little bits, little uh, interactions with characters where you think, oh, that's a little bit annoying. Like his girlfriend who loves him, uh, not his, not his, his, ex, his ex, his ex girlfriend who she just loves him, but she loves him for what he was, not for who he is now. Um, so, so that's, but that's, I think that works with who he is. At times, he's a little bit loud, you know, Bill Murray and his shouty character type thing. But he's, uh, he's on there. But I also don't think he's, he's not the funniest in the film. Mm. Not really by a long way. I think the ghosts are the standout characters in this film. They, they <clears> really, they, they really bring it home. You know, they, they take the humor from the standard deadpan uh bill murray which is which is funny it's some of it's not laugh out loud funny but it's it's pleasant enough to go along with this is a film you would quite happily watch and sit there and watch you could have a little drink in one hand you'll be watching that because there are what's in the other hand oh, it depends <laughs> depends what scene and what you're into let's there's, move, let's there's move something on. Let's for move everyone on. that if you're you know if you're into <laughs> There's definitely something for everyone in this film. Can, 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 I, can I interject here? Yeah, God, please do. I see you saying that, you know, like this is a perfect vehicle for Bill Murray uh, in a roundabout way, but I just don't think it is because, you know, you, you just mentioned, Dave, the Muppets Christmas Carol. I did. Right, and their Scrooge was Michael Caine. Yeah, it was. From the get-go, he is just this foul-tempered, bitter arsehole. And then when you get like, I don't, he, I don't think they quite summed him up like that on the back of the DVD, <laughs> but yeah. It was that song, wasn't it? He's a foul mouth, bitter asshole. Wasn't that the Grinch? <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot sweeter when the Muppets sang it. <laughs> but, you know, so when he makes the transformation later on into this sort of kind hearted, 
loving man. Yeah. You know, it is a, a revelation and it's an actual journey that he's been through. There's no glimpses earlier on of him being lighthearted or him being funny or doing slapstick or telling jokes or impressions or whatever. So mm. you don't feel any sort of sympathy or like connection to Scrooge. You think, oh, he's a horrible man. And later on, you, you go through the journey with him as he, as he kind of realizes the error of his ways and he realizes that you need to be kind to other people and you need to help others and you need to, you know, be just a better person. But it's Bill Murray, throughout it, he's just like, he just doesn't know what his personality is. It's like kind of one minute, he's just really, really horrible. He's really angry, shouting at people, calling people names. He's he's uh, he's really sort of nasty to um, his co-workers, his staff, is uh, like he meets homeless people in a shelter later on. He's awful to them. He's, he even shouts at um, young children as well. But then there's like glimpses just of him, just like Scrooge, just like Scrooge. Just but, Scrooge. But not like Scrooge is him making jokes and him showing a more tender side, and then him, you know, kind of doing slapstick humor. And you know, you've got. And the thing is, is it's Bill Murray as well. So this is like one of the most likable or most loved actors, I think, in, in all of comedy history. So you've mm. got him. So people are automatically going to be like, oh, it's Bill Murray. So when he is acting like a bit of a shit, you're like, you just don't know how to feel. I just think it it was completely miscast. And bearing in mind, it's a film all about him and all about that character. You need to get that casting right. And for me, that just wasn't it. I mean, I, I, I sort of begged to differ. I didn't, uh, I didn't feel like he was miscast. And I felt like you you do dislike him as a as a man um as a character as jack the president of the network he comes across as a horrible guy yes and and he's still a person he still makes jokes he still but his jokes are often at other people's expense you know the slapstick humor and the what he's saying is is not necessarily to make the people around him laugh that's to make him laugh it's funny for him and that's and i think that yeah but it's also funny for us as an audience then so so you know yeah but but we, I mean, I, it know it knows that. I mean, the very end scene is him talking to the cinema, you know, to the theatre. Um, call it, you know, shouting to people, you know, you over there on the left, you sing along. The, all the men in the room, you sing. It's it's quite knowing, particularly at the end. But it's uh, the you know his humour is for him, and it should be for us. Not always do you think. I think you give a right smile occasionally because you know he's being mean, mm. and I think you know inherently that's not necessarily funny for me, but you can still smile. You know, it's a film. No one's actually getting hurt. Yeah. Um, But I think the funny moments, really, I thought Carol Kane was, was one of the funnier um, sections for me, which is Ghost of Christmas Present. Mm. And she's, um, she's this like fairy. um, So she's dressed all, all in like a, like a full on fairy outfit with wings, but she's beating him up like constantly, you know, she's putting her fingers in his mouth and like pulling him along, punching him in the face, hitting him with a toaster. And it's really, it's really slapstick, but it's funny. And, you know, she hits him with the wings. Um, when the, uh, she takes him to come and see um, like his brother's Christmas party that he turns down, mm-hmm. it doesn't turn up to that. And he sat there and they're, um, and as they try and pull him through the window and she's hitting him with her fairy wings and then again, punching him in the face. It's just, over the top, uh, like physical humor. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that one of the things that Gav says is that it sort of, it, it varies throughout it. The humor changes with each ghost. 
No. Yeah. No. The ghosts of uh, Christmas past and the ghosts of Christmas present. So the ghost of Christmas past is David Johansson mm-hmm. and he plays this cabbie. As um, in lead singer of the New York Dolls, David Johansson. That guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. David Johansson. So he... Um, is, glad to know that. You're gonna I get, know who David you, Johansson is, yes. You might get a question in the quiz. <laughs> so he is... Uh, he, was a, he was a friend of Bill Murray and that's why, he, you know, he was, he was cast in it. And... He does a good job, to be fair, you know, and so does Carol Kane. I'm not discrediting yeah, yeah. either either one of them, uh, but the, their humour is the exact same. So David Johansson is is this New York cabbie, and he is, you know, he's driving his car around. He's nearly knocking people over. He's about to crash, and then the car actually goes through a truck, you know, because it's a ghost car. And then his humour is sort of like the same thing. It's making fun of Bill Murray or Frank Cross. Sorry, that's his character's cut name. Um, mm. And, you know, like hitting him and, you know, laughing at him and laughing at his past when they go and visit, you know, what, what he was like when he was a kid and when he first met his ex-girlfriend and when he first got his start in TV. It's that sort of humour. And then when Carol Kane comes, it's the exact same type of humour, but more. It's just her even being more nasty to, to Bill Murray and hitting him more and, you know, like punching and slapping him in like every scene. And the, for me, those bits go on a, a, a little long um, it would have been better to flesh out the character in more detail. Like we have a little bit of of an idea of what his love life was like, you know, and, and the, the moments with his ex-girlfriend. But they feel a little bit too horned in. It's very hard to explain. I read an interview with uh, Richard Donner, the director, years later, and a, a contrasting one with, uh, with Bill Morey as well. And they said that the script was just constantly changing and they had to take a lot out and put a lot in. Uh, apparently there wasn't anything about his life, um, the, Frank's life in there uh, originally. So uh, frantically in the 11th hour, they're putting stuff in about his relationship with his ex-girlfriend. But surely his life is a huge part of his Christmas yeah, exactly. Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, well, yeah. That, that, that's what you'd imagine. But uh, apparently it was more like about... Um, just other events in his life. So it wasn't anything about his his, his, uh, his relationship with his ex-girlfriend. So I don't think there was any sort of relationship in there at all. Um, so it was all about more of a, uh, yeah, like a Scrooge, like sort of all, all the people that you've screwed over and all the bad things that have happened to you, mm-hmm. but nothing about him and his ex-girlfriend. That was kind of written in. And that whole thing feels a little bit shoehorned in. Um, like she is... So they broke up about 13 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, she, neither of them have moved on or met anybody else. Since they left, he was working as a sort of, um, what would you say? He just created a TV show, yeah. but it's a kid's TV show where he plays a, 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 a dog. A dog. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a big uh, dog outfit on and he gets invited to dinner by his old boss, the president, who, you know, the J- Jacob Marley character who's now dead. Okay. And he invites both Bill Murray and his girlfriend and they t- she says, oh no, we can't because we've got plans with our best friends. And he says, well, fuck friends. You know, like this is my career. Paraphrased. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but that's the, the essence of it. Yeah. So and is that, that kind of like merging the Marley and the Fezziwig characters? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, right. okay. basically that, yeah. They've just tried to merge that into one to, uh, to give you the parallels of okay. the two stories, you yeah. know. It, but um, but was, I've got to ask Marley, uh, the, well, the, the equivalent of Marley in this, was he... Uh, Basically, like Scrooge, was he bitter and twisted? Was he? So Mar- Marley is essentially the first ghost that comes to visit him. Yeah. He's not a real. He's like a zombie. One, oh. Anyone? Oh, uh, anyone of yes, note? Or? Yes. Yes. Um, I forgot his name. It's uh, Charlie from Charlie's Angels. Oh, John Forsyth. Yes, that's it. John, John Forsyth. Forsyth. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, ev- everyone in there is someone that you would 
at least recognize. Yeah. You may not know the name, but you'll recognize them as uh, the, and someone. Th- this, is, this is a positive, I will say, for Austin, is that, you know, it is a stellar cast. Mm. You know, like everybody that's in it, like for the time, 1988, you will know who they are. They're either, you know, famous because they've been in t- a TV or yeah. film mm-hmm. or, you know, music or gymnastics or whatever. But it felt a little bit like, let's just get everybody in. You know, like, so some people uh, have got very little character to work with at all. The, uh, we mentioned before Robert Mitchum. He plays the That's owner. exciting. That's it's exciting. exciting. Like, Robert Mitchum is, I believe, his first comedy role, you know, because you know Rob, Robert Mitchum, some of the very fierce, intense actors. Yeah, yeah, intense yeah, yeah. characters he's played in the past. This is his first step into comedy. And you can tell he's struggling a little bit. You know, it's it's he's got some material to work with. There's a scene where he is talking to Frank about you know, what are they going to include in the live production of uh, Christmas Carol? <laughs> I mean, well, here's the, the mice, yeah. basically. Yeah. And he says, did you know the cats and dogs have started watching TV, scientists have said, and in 20 years, they might be one of our demographics. So we want you to include um, stuff for them in, so put in some mice maybe for the cats. And that's where, you know, the stapling comes in. But when he's talking about this, it's Stapling like, antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they need like... to try and shoehorn some mice into <laughs> yeah, the, uh, exactly. the Christmas Carol. But it's like, it's, it's like, quite funny. It, you know, that, that, that is one of the three funniest things that happens in it. Sorry, I said funniest, I mean three funny things. And, um, and you know, the, the, but how he delivers the line, it's like kind of, it's knowing that it's funny, but it's not knowing. It's like, it's, mm. it, it's awkward, basically. It looks like a man who's never worked on a comedy film before delivering a funny line. I don't know, I felt it was a bit more like... I thought it was knowing, yeah. I thought it felt a little bit more like the way some of the deadpan comedy in Airplane was delivered. Mm. That it's... This is a punchline. Mm-hmm. You know, you're aware that it's a punchline. This is not a... Uh, you know, or the setup to a, to a joke. So you know it's a joke, even though it's meant to be serious within the the, mm. the film itself. You know, it, and I think that's... Yeah. That was the way I took it. And, and maybe maybe on a different day... I would have gone. Oh, that didn't really land. But actually, I when I was sat there watching it, I thought, ah, that's that was quite funny. I thought that was one of the weirder uh, exchanges within the film, and I was like, they were, must have been on some crazy stuff to some, to be thinking some of some of these. Lines. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> just crazy kids <laughs> in the eighties. <80s. laughs> but you know, and it was along those lines. The the film itself and the humor in there is very Saturday Night Live in spite of the fact that it is just Bill Murray as the main the main character and the main satellite. There's a few other SNL people on there, but the bulk of it is just him. I don't know. I, don't know. I think there's a few people who've been in the peripheries, but he's, mm. you know, it, it's him. It's Bill Murray this time around. And without him, a lot of those big names wouldn't have come. And, and apparently he ended up sitting down with some of these uh, bigger characters. So with uh, John Jim. Uh, Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum. Yeah. What's his character in this Parsons person? Oh. Anyway, he's the big boss man, yeah. and mm. he wasn't going to take it because it was quite a small role, mm. um, and because it was his first foray into comedy. He didn't really think it should be, you know, I'm a big name. I, I don't want a, a, a bit part, basically. Yeah. Um, and they met with Bill. and um, First name Thames, now are you, was he? Uh, Mr. Murray, <laughs> he met with Mr. Murray, and, um, and and he got along so well, and he enjoyed his vision for the character mm-hmm. that he took it, and uh, and I think it was a it was a good part. You get the feeling that this guy is the big boss man and would hire and fire people on a whim. You know, if you you piss him off, you don't do what he wants, you're out of the game, and it gives you the cutthroat nature of the business. 
which helps to flesh out, you know, it's a bit of a leap, but I think it, you can then piece together. It's a bit of a leap for such a lighthearted film, but you can piece together the, okay, that is the reason why uh, Jack Cross behaves the way he does since he's got to that point mm. it's not immediately obvious but yeah you can piece that together and you can get down and when we got to the bit where so the bit that splits up and, and i think that's the real changing point for in the uh, ghost of christmas Prest, where he see where he basically breaks up with his girlfriend um you see that as the as a, as a moment and actually in some instances he i mean jack so bill murray's character jack cross is made out to be the bad guy in that but if you kind of think about it the story i mean the story itself doesn't really come to an i th- i don't mind so much but i think maybe in some instance he was right to go in to the meal on his own there is best mates they should understand that actually that's going to help him further his career don't worry mm. mate we'll have our christmas the exactly. day after you know See, it wasn't but, expanded on then you, you yeah, we should yeah. have had more detail about this and, and this is why i feel the film is just very disjointed you know, you were saying before about Scrooge adaptations and, you know, Muppets Christmas Carol and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, this is very formulaic in some areas. It start, as follows the standard sort of um, Christmas Carol formula visited by the three ghosts and then having the revelation at the end. But in between that, this, uh, in the visitations, Frank revisits the studio to see how the production is getting on. He visits the homeless shelter his ex-girlfriend works at. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different scenes where... It's almost like he has realised the error of his ways too early on and he's starting to act nice. And then out of nowhere, he's just really mean again. And it's just very, very disjointed. So when he, after he is visited by the ghost of Christmas past, he thinks like, all oh, right, okay, I, I, I know what is, I, you know, like I need to be a better person. He goes to the home of shelter, he sees his ex-girlfriend and they're about to get back together. And then he's just inexplicably mean to um, a, a couple of the ladies who, who work at the shelter there. And he's saying, oh, they should be fired. And, you know, she's saying, well, they're volunteers. And he's like, they're only volunteers because nobody would pay them. You know what I mean? And, he's, and then he's mean to the homeless people there as well. And you're just like, you know, there's so many times where that happens, where he's like hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, that like when the big revelation happens at the end, you sort of feel to yourself, is this actually genuine or not? It feels a little disingenuous. Uh, you know, th- there's also this really strange reoccurring gag about Bobcat Goldthwait's character, Elliot. He's this disgruntled employee who is um, fired at the beginning by uh, by Frank. And then he experiences rock bomb and then, you know, and then he starts mm-hmm. deteriorating even more. So uh, his decline, which involves him being fired and beaten up, mugged, uh, made homeless, his wife and his child leave him. He, and then he becomes an alcoholic. All of that is played for laughs. You know, whenever we see him, it's like, oh, hey, look at him now. Look at it. He's, uh, hey, he's missing a shoe this time. Oh, look, he's holding a brown paper bag with a bottle. Oh, and the bag is broken and the bottle falls out. It's played for laughs. Uh, you know, it belittles and it mocks him. So we're... Um, the, the thing is, is that like this happens as well with the homeless people. So Frank is just cruel to them. He makes fun of them. So when we are later shown on that there are actual ramifications and consequences, namely when Herman, one of the homeless people that Frank belittles, uh, he, when when he passes away, it's very jarring and it's a bit confusing because we are shown uh, we're being shown that this this serious real life situation. But the only other time we we see this character and we see the, all the other characters, the the, the butt of the joke. Uh, even that scene that I mentioned where, where the, the um, homeless guy dies, uh, Maury is still playing it for laughs at the beginning. He's like kind of like, you know, doing Richard Byrne impressions and, you know, saying, oh, come on, wake up, you know, and then he, he realises that he's dead. Well, it's, there's, a, there's some context to that, to yeah, be fair, because when Murray first meets that character in the homeless shelter, or just outside the homeless shelter, in the homeless, in the homeless shelter, 
the guy thinks he's Dick Burton. So he wants him to play, to, to do uh, Shakespeare. He says, oh, no, oh, do that scene from, and I can't remember what film he says now. We, do that scene, do that scene. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he does for, for the three homeless people who accost him. Mm. And he, he does it to try and shut them up, essentially, because he just wants rid of them. He doesn't want to deal with them. Um, and that's uh, why... How is Bill Murray's Richard Burton impression, by the way? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, is that that was one of his famous um, skits. From SNL. Oh, okay. So he's got it honed pretty well. So it, so it, so it felt so, a little yeah. shoehorned in again because he walks in and everybody in the shelter thinks that he's Richard Byrne, even though he just looks like Bill Murray, you know. There's a passing resemblance. Yeah, but that being, that's the joke and that's what he comes. So then when he sees this guy outside uh, in the sewers, frozen to death, he's shocked by it. This and he's trying to Christmas present, so, I might say. Yeah, goes to Christmas present, brings him down. Shows him, look at these people are you you engaged with today mm. or or this week, and look at where they're at now. You could have given him this guy because he asked him for a couple of dollars yeah, for the heating, dollars. something like that. If it was two dollars, so I can have the heating on tonight or or whatever. And it must have just been to have a fire where he lives under the sewers. Mm. Comes down, sees this guy frozen to death, so he's shocked by it, and the character is trying to cope with that. And I think, I mean, I get what Gav's saying is that, yes, it's played for laughs throughout. It's meant to be coming. It's lighthearted, but actually, yeah, that is a jarring moment that shit. Look, you were, you were bad to this guy. All you have to do is give him $2. You've clearly got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's in a dinner jacket at the time. He's clearly wealthy. Um, and he, and he didn't do it. And now he's come down and he's seen that he's dead. Mm. I've got to ask this. This is Herman we're talking about. The Herman, guy. yeah. Herman Does he have um, a counterpart by any chance in Christmas Carol? Is this supposed to be the Tiny Tim character? Uh, no, 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 no. So the, is there the, a Tiny Tim character? Yeah, there is. Oh, there is. Right. Yeah. And that's, this is another thing as well. So the the um, Bob Cratchit character is played by Alf, Alfred Woodard, um, who is his, his secretary. Um, well, as I said, you know, like good actor, yeah, 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 very great, great, great cast. And her son is mute. So we find out from the Ghost of Christmas present that her son witnessed his father being murdered years previously and he hasn't been able to speak once since. And, you know, uh, all of his siblings sort of make fun of him for it. And then later on in the film, when Bill Murray asks for a miracle, um, the little kid says, oh, God blesses everyone or whatever, you, you know, quotes from, uh, from A Christmas Carol. Mm. And... Yeah, that, that's looked at as like a miracle moment. But the thing is, isn't it? Like when that happens, the only people who would have known that that child couldn't speak beforehand were Bill Murray and his own mother, the, the kid's mother. Everybody around is like, oh my God, oh my God, you know. Like, yeah, I didn't think they did. I thought it was just, I no, thought this, everybody the in the crowd just goes mad, you know. All right. I mean, I thought they were going mad because it was the end of his big speech. I thought they were going mad because he has a big, big monologue, big over-the-top monologue about oh, how you should be. Like about mm. how, what are you doing watching it? You know, I've been a bad man and made all these people do this film. And it gets all the way to the end of this speech, a rousing speech to say, look at what you've got around you. I've, 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 I've you know, I'm woke. I've seen what things could be like and, and where I'm going, the path I'm on. And you guys need to give a little and it will all come back, you know, and you'll mm-hmm. want to give more. That's the, the theme of the message. Essentially, just summarizing the theme of Christmas Carol. Yeah. Be a nice guy, but be a nice guy all the time. Yeah. Don't just do it at Christmas. Mm. Um, and I thought that's what they were cheering for, and it just so happened that 
at the time, you know, <laughs> little kid Abby chimed forgot- in at the end. Yeah, well, he sort of like he says, "Oh, I've forgotten he's... something," and he because the kid runs up to him and he's like, "Oh, I've forgotten something." He's, he's saying it's Christmas. We need a miracle. We need a Christmas miracle. And then the kid runs up and tugs his jacket, and yeah. then he's like, "Oh yeah, well, yeah." But the Christmas miracle isn't. Oh, we need to see. A, he's saying we need a Christmas miracle. The whole, the issue is you have to listen to the entire speech. He's, the Christmas miracle is meant to be of people giving and being kind, and that's what the entire speech leads up to just so happens that mm. yeah for uh you know f- to round off the film the christmas miracle of a christmas carol you know in the very last line of a christmas carol is god blesses everyone very last line of this god blesses everyone that's the tie-in you know that's what's going on there mm. but the people who actually hear that because he whispers it it's his mom i think you see it on the telly which means that the family back at home who can see it they get to see it so they're jesus christ he could talk and Bill, Bill knows he's mute because he saw it in, as from the Bill, ghost. First name, first name Bill, James again. I suppose you're sorry, Jack Cross, <laughs> <laughs> who saw it when he when he, when he was it's at the Frank, Frank Cross. Frank Cross. I keep calling him Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, it's a, can, can I, I kept I... thinking it was Jack Frost. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's a bit of a weird thing to use, isn't it, to keep mixing these films? In all my notes, uh, Jack I Frost. Think... This Jack. Frost that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, he delivers most of his lines like Jack Frost, ice cold. Yeah. Uh, now, the, it's the, the thing about this, um, the, this, this. But he's willing to sacrifice his love. <laughs> <laughs> now, so the thing about this fa- finale that he's banging on about here, uh, it's it's a very odd one because it's this is essentially your Christmas message. This is your this is your message you want to leave the audience with. They want to be walking out of the cinema thinking like, oh yeah yeah i know what it's about i feel this whatever it's a bit of an odd one because there's obviously the standard christmas message it's a wonderful life message you know about being kind and charitable to your fellow man and the importance of family and friends and community especially at christmas blah 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 however this this other message i don't know i think it's about losing christmas spirit or the over commercialization of christmas the film centers on as Ozzy said the you know the live um production of a christmas carol and throughout we get the glimpses that you know like of everything coming together and um earlier on we are shown you know the other sort of um programs are shortened shown short adverts of these other programs they're going to be showing during christmas these which, are brilliant by the way coincidentally you now i said there were three funny parts yeah uh, the other two funny parts <laughs> bearing in mind these happen within the first five minutes of the film we're shown um robert goulet singing christmas carols in a, in a <laughs> Crocodile infested water. This is brilliant. This right. is brilliant. And then we're showing. But is it actually Robert Goulet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got something like a very Cajun Christmas. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. And then we're shown an action film about Santa being <laughs> taken hostage in the North Pole and having to be rescued by Lee Majors. That <laughs> like, is pretty funny. Don't get me wrong. What like, was that like, called? Uh, reindeer. Uh, the night the reindeer, the reindeer died. died. <laughs> <laughs> but like, don't get me wrong. That's how the film starts. Mm-hmm. So the, the film starts with that scene from the night the reindeer died and then it pans out and you realize it's an advert and then um, bill moore is like what else have we got and then you see the other couple of adverts one of them is um you know a made-up tv show called beaver knows best or something oh yeah and, and another one is that robert goulet one and then that's it that's the first like three and a half four minutes or whatever of the film and because to start off with you like oh there this is brilliant this is really really funny and it just goes flat 
after that. As soon as that's gone, it's gone flat. But the thing is about those films, these are seen and they're shown forcefully to us by the directors being completely ridiculous. They're like graphic and they're like over the top. We're shown um, Frank Cross's advert. So he's made his own commercial for Christmas Carol and it shows like excessive drug use. It shows planes being exploded by terrorists, you know, and it's just like, listen, uh, if, if, if you do anything this Christmas Eve, you must watch a Christmas Carol or die or whatever, something like that. And we're shown that this is like completely ridiculous. You know, even when we're talking about Robert Mitchum, his TV president suggesting that, you know, they should make adverts or TV shows for cats and dogs. The director goes to great lengths to show us how ridiculous, excessive and graphic these ideas are. But then he begins to show us this ridiculous graphic and excessive film. You know, like some of the violence in this, some of the action, you know, like it is, it is excessive. It's sort of a bit like, but it's never, it's never on that line. But I think it's the point is that that's to get to the level of, of, uh, of Frank Cross's character, of of Bill Murray's character is that he's, that's what, uh, uh, you know that's what works on his his head so the whole point of him doing that is he wants so he, and he says it to people look this this the trailer you've shown me for uh, a christmas carol is is shit you know no one's going to watch that then somebody comes and says to him actually you know we've we've tested this with people this is gonna this is work and we're getting really good positive responses He's like, i don't want a positive response i want people to be so scared to miss this they need to watch this yeah that's mm-hmm. his mindset, you know. So then he shows this one where the terrorist blowing up the plane, and and it, and then he gets a newspaper dropped on his desk later, saying we're being sued because um, it kills an eighty-year-old woman. She sees it and she's scared to death. And that's like, and he's like, "This is great. Yeah. Play it every half hour. You know, this is you can't buy press like this. You know that sort mm-hmm. of thing." And he's just so he's a one-track mind, and he sees that this uh, this level of uh, of outrageousness. That's what is on his, you know. That's the that's the stage he's got to. So the only way to break into them is that level of violence from the ghosts, because he needs to. But it, it's also a message from the director. I feel the director saying that like TV is becoming too violent and too excessive and too mm. graphic and whatever. And then we're shown, you know, violent graphic, uh, you know, to, ex- to, to excess. excess. <laughs> but like, to the, the, the final scene, though, like Ozzy was talking about, where Frank realizes there of his ways. Uh, he crashes the live performance. So like, so it's just wrapping up the production and he crashes the stage, right? And he has Elliot, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's <laughs> character, like holds the, uh, hold the production team to ransom with a, with, with a shotgun so, so they don't <laughs> turn it off. Bearing in mind that like, min- like seconds prior, uh, Elliot was about to shoot Frank with the shotgun and then Frank has the revelation. He's like, oh no, no, we're mates now. And Elliot's like, oh, okay, fair enough, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, well, so many- it's, it's not seconds prior, is it? Because he has the entire... Sorry, that's uh, telling me to, to go and pick someone up. But from three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> they must be very cold. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so that's uh, that but, scene with but, Herman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, don't I was going to do, do, try yeah. and do a Dick Burton uh, impression, but it's gone. Um, so, yeah, he's, um, it, it, that scene, so he runs away from, um, from being, from about to, to get shot with a shotgun into the lift so he's in he's in the elevator and that's where he meets ghost of christmas mm-hmm. uh future mm-hmm. so we don't actually know how much time passes i'm gonna guess it's not a particularly long amount of time well, well, well we don't he's know he's gone into an elevator then he has a vision and then the elevator door opens and there's your man still stood there with a shotgun yeah but i don't he... imagine it's been like an hour or so i don't imagine it's been three days like your guest <laughs> <waiting> <laughs> to pick him up. yeah but it but it, it does come out as he comes out as a very changed man 
And I think that's quite clear, and I think that's obvious. And and he's no longer scared of that gun. Mm. He takes control of the situation. He's running away from the gun up until that point. When he comes back out, he's like, no, no, this is what we're going to do. But no, I know I've done like, wrong. He runs up and gives him a hug, and he's like, oh, I'm a changed person or whatever. Oh, is that a, a shotgun in your hand, or are you happy to see me? You know, that, that's like verbatim line, essentially. Like The, the, the thing is, is that like uh, when he crashes the, the, the TV production, um, he, he basically delivers this message about how important Christmas is and how we should all be nicer and we should stop spending, we should start spending more time with our families and not by watching TV. So once again, it feels a little bit hypocritical that they're telling us this in a Christmas film that we shouldn't be, you know, we should go out and spend time with our family instead of be sat around a, you know, a screen. It does feel like a little bit of a, you know, hypocritical message. And it, but it also feels like it's just really forced and contrived. Like if there is journey, it just feels like sort of like one minute he's an arsehole and then bang, I'm great now. You know, let's all have a party. And whereas, you know, Scrooge at the end. Isn't what happened since Scrooge? No, no. Scrooge at the end is like, oh yeah, let's have, you know, let's buy a, a turkey or whatever. And, you know, uh, and, and he, he goes around to um, so, Bob yeah, Cratchit's yeah. and, you know, he gives him this goose. Now, now within this, like Bill Murray is like ecstatic. Now that's a Christmas miracle in itself. Yeah. Turning a turkey into a goose. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the stuffing. It was a turkey within a goose. Um, but like Bill Murray is like happy and clapping and singing and, you know, like kind of he's doing a one-man stand-up comedy routine. His personality is like completely changed. You know, it, like it's it's not inspiring. It's not funny. It's just a little bit awkward. It reminds me from that scene from Network. You know, with the breakdown, I'm mad as hell. And really, honestly, P- Peter Finch. Really, yes, we're going to go there. I, I, Dave, you watch it and you tell me if you think of anything else. <laughs> right, that Network. But right. like, I'll, I'll give you a quote, Austin. You'll like this as hey, well. Yeah, go on. I'm listening. Stands... I've got it in front. Oh, who's? Oh, is this off? Uh... Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to hear that quote. Yeah, no, wait, wait. No. Maury stands center stage. Take your rants... headphones off, please, Dave, and just put your fingers in your ears. You can carry on. <laughs> Maury stands <laughs> center stage and rants and raves about the spirit of Christmas, but it's not an aspi- inspiring speech, and certainly not a. Funny one. It sounds more desperate than anything else, and it continues at embarrassing length. It just looks like an on-screen breakdown. Now, do you know who that was from Dave? You don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, I, I want it stricken from the record. Um, Your idol in movie critiquing, I, I, Roger Ebert. I just think we should pay the man some attention every now and again. He clearly knows what he's talking about. <laughs> the, the thing that scene for me is reminiscent of being at a really, really shit party. Austin <laughs> and the host standing in the middle of the room saying everybody's having a really good time aren't they you know mm. like smiling like maniacally <laughs> through, through cold dead eyes no, Austin I've been to parties like that <laughs> you know like you're not enjoying it but the host is like come on everybody let's have a good time <laughs> Are you, is this your party that I was at last year? <laughs> this is every one of my parties. <laughs> it's it's relatable. I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, no, okay. I, I, I won't. Uh, I think he comes. Across, he does come across as maniacal, hmm. and and I think he is maniacal. I think he's just been through a, ter- a terrible ordeal. Um, uh, he's definitely getting fired by the way there's a hundred percent he's yeah. not keeping his job no 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 way and although it does seem to be incredibly rousing for all of the people who suddenly think they're about to get a bonus after having worked um christmas day um do they for nothing well, we don't know it cuts before that happens so maybe he goes back to his old way straight afterwards we don't know <laughs> um but yeah it's 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 a it is a long speech uh but I think it's got good sentiment, especially because there is a little bit of a lull in the film in terms of uh, feeling 
and and I won't disagree there. Um, but but that that speech lifts the mood mm. certainly, and it brings the emotion back to the end to finish the film on a high. Okay, um, it feels so- very forced. <laughs> it feels like you know it, you know when you're in a family party and you've got like a drunken auntie there trying to make you get up and dance. It literally feels like that at the very end. It's like mm. Bill Murray, like. Uh, breaking the fourth wall speaking to the audience saying come on everybody sing along no you you two over I, there in that seat come on sing along please please sing along i think the film should have ended before that to be fair they should have mm. just faded out okay because uh, it's a big sing along is what's going on they didn't need to but their break i think that was the style at the time that was quite funny and it was quite new in 1988 mm. to really break the fourth wall and address was, the cinema yeah, scenes, yeah and that's what they were doing and, and okay. It definitely doesn't work in the comfort of your own home. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I have heard enough to make a decision based on this. Who wants to kill a little time? You say kill a little time. I'm going to extend this. Uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a quiz and I'm going to drag this out to be one of our longest episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hope that this quiz isn't as troubled as the production of Scrooge was. Yeah. And I hope there's not as much fighting between the quiz master and ourselves as there was between... Court is in recess, guys. Court is in recess. Okay, this is... Uh, I'm going to call this uh, 12-ish questions of Christmas. Um, because I forgot... 12-ish? Well, I started numbering the questions and then... Uh, and originally I had a theme that I was going to do... Each answer was actually going to be 1 to 12, but I quickly scrapped that after the first one. So... <laughs> because people might have gone on. Yeah, you might have clicked on it. It might have been to come too easy. So anyway, here's the first question of Christmas. Scrooged is obviously a fantastic adaptation of the Charles Dickens novel, A Christmas Carol. Incorrect. (laughs) But how many carols appear in Scrooge than A Christmas Carol combined? What do you mean? How many people called Carol? (laughs) How many carols appear in Scrooge than A Christmas Carol combined? Um, I can repeat the question. I'm going to say three. Three? I'm going to say zero. Zero, no one. Carol Kane. Carol Kane. <laughs> oh, you, you, you were on the right lines Kane immediately. Yeah. Uh, second question. Carol Kane was uh, absolutely fantastic as the ghost of Christmas present in Scrooge. <laughs> uh, and how many Oscar nominations for Best Picture has she been in? One. Two. Two. Second question of Christmas. <laughs> Two. Two. She was in Dog Day Afternoon in 1975. Is the and answer three, Hall. <laughs> <laughs> One point again. <laughs> Third question. How many ghosts of Christmas are there? Three. Yeah. How many ghosts came to visit Jack Murray? Uh, Jack. Jack Frank. Uh, Bill Murray in uh, Scrooge. Four. Four. four correct. <laughs> um, how many ghosts are there in Ghostbusters 1 and 2? This is where I ran out. Go on, Gav. Uh, I'm, 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 no, no, you're not going to go for five. five. No, no this is this is where I uh, this oh, is where okay. I ran out of trying Tw- to go. Twelve, five and twelve, eleven, eleven. No, seventeen. Uh, uh, you got Slimer, Dream Ghost. I'm not going to list them all, but don't. Dragon Ghost, <laughs> Subway Ghost, Train Ghost, The Mink Coat, Titanic, Zombie Taxi Driver, amongst others. Speaking of zombie taxi drivers, <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past from Scrooge is played by David Johansson. Uh-huh. Uh, he's well known as his alter ego, his Buster Poindexter from his time as a musician. Uh, but what other Bill Murray film has he appeared in? Ooh. Um, I... What other Bill Murray Christmas film <laughs> has he appeared in? A very Murray Christmas? Correct. Ah. Uh, bonus point of view, you can guess what he was. The Ghost of Christmas Pass. <laughs> no, the taxi no. driver. No, he was a bartender. Oh. Um, 
And A Very Merry Christmas is, a, is, is another incredibly enjoyable Bill Murray Christmas film. That's uh, with, <laughs> with a With a... And, and it too had a star-studded cast. Bill Murray, Michael Cera, uh, Chris Rock, David Johansson himself. Sorry, I didn't stop. Y- your, my, guest, uh, your guest is worried. Your guest is really, really upset right now. Really podcast podcast favourite, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Is uh-huh. Jason Schwartzman? <laughs> <laughs> I like him. You, you glossed, <laughs> so glossed over that one there. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman, <laughs> podcast favourite. Um, but which uh, Saturday Night Live actress, comedian and singer who shares a name with a famous contemporary or colleague of Father Christmas? Maya was Rudolph. Also. Maya Rudolph, uh, correct. Rudolph would the you Red. say Rudolph <laughs> was a contemporary of Father Christmas? Associate, <laughs> yeah. associate, contemporary. Uh, I also wrote, like, a colleague. He's a colleague. I wrote, I wrote colleague, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's a fun from work. I think subordinate is what we're looking for. Um, More like half slave, half pet. <laughs> <laughs> so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had what? A red very nose. shiny nose. Correct, which is probably indicates that he might have been very snotty due to a cold, and <laughs> that's probably why the other reindeers shunned him, because they didn't have access to great medical care. No one else to get ill um, before Christmas, do they? So yeah, exactly. They, you know, I think Father Christmas may have told them, stay away, you can't work today. Because otherwise, they're going to have major resourcing yeah, issues. But, but don't let on, don't let on that you're playing reindeer games. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, let him yeah. find out about that because well, then you got that's just awkward. Yeah, yeah, I mean, essentially, just don't mix with ill. Uh, and reindeer. you don't need to call him names, do you? You don't need to laugh <laughs> yeah, and call yeah. him names. And and well, <laughs> don't yeah. I mean, most reindeer do not speak. Santa be should have been a bit more clear on this brief. <laughs> but, but he also did make his uh, his colleague work all throughout Christmas night. You know, every yeah. year. But, I mean, but they don't really work much for the yeah, rest they get of the one year. Day. I think. Yeah. Ah, you know, he's, he's got you know, them. He's got them fucking doing something else. Uh, it's like how Amazon used to be. <laughs> um, anyway it's continue. also i mean well just to find out it's also quite likely that all the reindeer will have had red noses because of their densely packed blood vessels in the nasal region which helps them regulate their temperatures in the, the cold weather okay well, um, this is a question oh no that was the end that was True. just, the, that was just the, the end of of that little roundoff about rudolph um, all of the reindeers are probably female reindeers as well because the male reindeers least, shed uh, their horns before uh, christmas yep Whereas females don't. Yeah. So once again, well, yes, I should have changed the gender of my. Yeah, particularly over Christmas. Particularly over Christmas. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, the reindeer, they famously help pull Father Christmas' sleigh to the nearest ten thousand miles. How far does do they pull that sleigh in order to deliver a present to every household? Fuck you on about how many miles collectively? Yes, so the nearest 10,000 miles, I'm going to let you go. Give it, just give me a guess. A large number of miles that okay. Father Christmas has to travel in order to deliver every present. 740,000. I'm going to tell you it's much higher than that. 3,612. I'm going to tell you it's even higher than that. 17 million. <laughs> 26 million and 3,000. That is a very good guess, but no, it's 212 million and 30,000 miles they wow. travel. That night. Uh, what international agency Our tax is going to good use? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's doing a good job. What international agency uh, helps uh, parents over Christmas um, help their kids get to sleep by uh, what, night nurse? <laughs> well, no, I mean, not a great question. Drugging now that, the water. Now that I've re- help? Now that I've reread it, not a great question. But it's actually, I was going to say, the International Space Agency. Um, the, you want a 
Well, because parents use the International Space Station as it flies overhead to say that that's Father Christmas. Now go to bed, otherwise you won't drop your present. Do they? I've never heard of that. That's a really good yeah. idea, though. Yeah, it passes over at night. Because, I mean, you know, you can't rely on comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, in the, t- speaking of well, international I do, space agents, what I do is I, is I just get my partner to, to lash a tennis ball <laughs> <laughs> with a light attached yeah, to it. Yeah, just just set it on fire, throw it over the house. Well, and speaking of the international space station, in the 2006 hit film Deck the Halls, two neighbors outrageously decorate their houses, and eventually one house gets so bright that it can be seen from space. But according to science, how many Christmas lights do you need for that to the, happen? Yeah. It depends on what your wattage is. Doesn't I'm going to tell you it's a standard LED uh, <laughs> Christmas light. Um, I, I'm going to say 26 million. No, considerably less. 200,000. Ooh, considerably less. 2,683 LED lights. Is that all is we how can much do this, you will need hey, to... Uh, we can do this. I thought, I've already got about 1,000. Yeah, I was going to say, your tree's probably got about 1,000 <laughs> lights on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, so, okay, that's that's the answer. So I worked that out by saying that uh, every light is about four lumens, and I calculated the fall-off between the Earth and space. And uh, 10 to the 6 times 103 lumen is how many you would need. So if anybody wants to check my math. No, you're good. You're yeah, good. just send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> send an I email mean, to Gav. Like, my, my quiz would have been like, oh, what film was Bill Murray in in 1992? And you're talking about lumens and, you know, just... I want to mix it up. We've got quite a diverse <laughs> listener range. Uh, speaking of Danny DeVito, he started... <laughs> <laughs> oh, our listener, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he like, alongside... Let me get my fucking question out. point letter that he sent right. me the week where he was like, don't talk enough about lumens in this show. <laughs> anyway, this is the... Well, no, I meant because he was in Deck the Halls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> um, anyway, this is the last question. You'll be happy to know. Um, Danny DeVito starred alongside The Rock in Jumanji and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Twins. But who can jump further? The Rock. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, right now I'm saying The Rock. You know, Schwarzenegger's getting on. <laughs> who, who has jumped further? I'm um, going to say The Rock. Surely. The Rock. I'm going to say The Rock. This is going to be a skyscraper reference. Well, it is a skyscraper <laughs> reference, yeah. So while we were all impressed with The Rock's jump in skyscraper, Arnie's jump in 1985's jump from the plane in Commando was uh, almost certainly a bigger jump. <laughs> and he walks away from it perfectly well. Oh, Jesus. So I, I thought that you'd, you know, that you'd actually... Well, I <laughs> measured the... I saw that um, that meme that came out for the rocks jumping yeah, skyscraper yeah. and it was something like he 21 and a... Yeah, and he would have had to feet. have broken like the land speed record for like for <laughs> yeah, running yeah. and also the long jump record yeah, as well yeah. to yeah. make that jump. <laughs> However, Arnie literally jumps from a moving jumbo jet and he definitely travels way further. So um, I didn't even need to calculate that. Fair enough. So yeah. So yeah, anyway, no lumens involved at all? No, no, no math involved. Literally, just watched two scenes from two films and decided which one was further. And you guys didn't even fucking bother guessing. So, <laughs> so there we go. Arnie's the winner. Yay! <laughs> terrible Thank question to much. end on. <laughs> Thanks, Ozzy. Thank you very much, man. Good work. So yeah, I've I've had a little time to consider Scrooged. What do I think now? Like I say, I just want to remind everyone I haven't seen it. So all I've got to go off is what I've heard here today. And a couple of things stood to my day. The cast is clearly great. You know, you got a good cast here, some good actors, even though, you know, Mitchum maybe wasn't familiar with comedy. The fact that they got Robert Mitchum is, is a coup de grace, to be honest with you. That's really good work. 
And it sounds good. It sounds like there's some good funny bits in it. Um, I don't believe that, that what Gav was saying about Bill Murray not wanting to be there. You know, I think he just gives that impression sometimes. I do believe he was enthusiastic about this project based on the fact that he got Mitchum involved. Um, I believe he gave this everything he had. What I have noticed about this film is that obviously it is an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And there have been many over the years. And it's not the first one to have been modernized either. This doesn't really do much to set itself out from the crowd of the multitude of Christmas crowd films. The only way it does seem to set itself aside is by seemingly forgetting some of the important moral points of the Dickens' original Christmas Carol. You know, Scrooge, you know, he's the fact that he had a boss raised eyebrows with me. I was surprised by that, that, that Jack had a boss. Scrooge doesn't answer to anyone. He has nothing to lose, really. He's He is the authority in his life and doesn't need to answer to anyone. And that's why he's very influential. Being a moneylender, he could destroy people's life. That's why his soul is worth saving, because this man has, the uh, with these short years left on Earth, to do something good, to do something productive, not just to bring TV to people's lives. And I feel a lot of the messages, the moral aspects of Christmas Carol have been omitted in favour of jokes. And, you know, it sounds like a good attempt at trying to modernise it, but I'm worried that it just about falls short. And for that reason, I'm going to put it on the shit list. Ooh. Okay, genuine opinion, Austin? I, I mean, I watched it yesterday. I was actually a little bit bored. Um, I had fond memories of it. I thought it was going to be way funnier. Um and yeah, it just, I don't know if it did pretty much agree with, with almost everything Gav said. I, I mean, I don't disagree with my points. I think they stand, but, um, but yeah, it was just, it just didn't always, always land. The, some of the relationships didn't really work for me. Um, and, and it just wasn't as funny as, as I thought it was going to be, as I remember. It just, mm. I think comedy's moved on. There are some very dated jokes. There's some, um, there's some bits which are clearly played for laughs, but, you know, just in terms of relationships with people and the way we, we look at um, different, uh, well, just just different topics, they just dealt with pretty, pretty poorly um, for the time and I, and I kind of expected more or, or had completely forgotten about them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was it was all right, but I won't be rushing to go, to go and watch it mm. anytime soon. If I had to pick between this and Night Before, I'd probably leave Night Before on. Interesting. Gosh. That's damning words. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I, I I really liked this when I was younger, but uh, watching it back again, I, I agree with Ozzy. It didn't feel as funny as it as he remembered it. Yeah. I am looking back at it with like roasting the glass, perhaps, and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, well, it, it's still good. And you know, I, I did enjoy it, but not as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, There's I, some I, funny bits, definitely. Yeah, but, and, I, and I did laugh. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed it, but it just it isn't as good as I thought it was. There's some good effects for the time as well. Oh, yeah, like, and the monsters, yeah. the, the ghosts were great yeah. from acting and visuals. They were, they were yeah. good. Don't, but, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, great cast. You know, like, I think um, that, you know, as Austin said, they're great special effects as well. I just felt like the, the film was just a little bit disjointed and like reading interviews with the director and Bill Murray um, yeah, yeah. it sounds like they just had a horrid time mm. just at each other's throats you know their styles just didn't mesh at all and I think you do see that actually yeah. at times well, well yeah. when it came out it got an absolute panning critically um, you know like really really yeah. low in fact if you go you'll make, you'll make it, it really? a one star yeah one star Roger Ebert gave it one star yeah and, um, and in subsequent interviews with Roger Ebert and Bill Murray Bill Murray would bring it up 
Yeah, yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said it was the worst film adaptation of A Christmas Carol that he'd ever seen. Really? Um, I, I, on Metacritic to this day, I think it's still got like 35 out of 100. See, that surprised me because the reputation of this film proceeded yeah. in my mind. And I thought people had fond memories of it. Yeah, I think they say it's, it's a classic, you know. But So I was a little wary of putting it on the shit list, but called it how I saw it. But it was like I'm not the only one who saw it that way. Yeah. Well, so with that in mind, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was the night before, 67 on Rotten Tomatoes. Possibly I mean, I lower by the sounds of it. I don't know. I, I, people I've spoken to about it this week all seem to like it. So I, I'm going to say I'm going to say higher, but I don't think they've watched it recently. Yeah. I just think people maybe... Fond memories. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's got a good review without people really paying attention. Well, mm. Aussie's onto some of there. It is 70%, so just mm. a little bit higher. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think the same thing. I think people have, have got really fond memories of it. And, you know, like, it's definitely good to have on, but it isn't like a Christmas film that I'm going to rush to no. in the future. It's not like, so for me, like a great Christmas film that you can whack on. After Eve- Christmas. <laughs> I was thinking more like Home Alone, you know, okay, I, could, yeah, yeah, I can put yeah. that on. I could watch that about six times over the, over December alone, mm. right? And, yeah. um, for, for me, I don't think I'm going to be rushing back to watch this. But if it's on, you know, I definitely will watch it. It was, should I say it was good, but it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go with that. Hmm. So once again, I put a poll up on Twitter and asked our friends and followers which list Scrooge should be placed on, and 74 percent of them said it should be placed on the hit list. Uh-oh. So a lot of people really do like this film. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting. I mean, like uh, you know, if you listen to this episode, you don't agree with some of the things that we've said, let us know. You know, send us a tweet. And uh, yeah, just, just just let us know where we went wrong. What would you have said instead? And uh, before we call it a day, uh, just to have a little bit of a caption contest. So what we do is we take a screenshot of the film, place it on Twitter, and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. So uh, the scene here is Bill Murray's Frank shouting into the voice of John Glover's Bryce via a megaphone. So you guys just got to pick the funniest, starting with number one. I told you I won't be in Ghostbusters 3. Okay, fine, I will. <laughs> uh, next one. I'm here to stop you from procreating the being known as Lex Luthor. <laughs> uh, number three. Could you speak directly into this? I seem to have lost my hearing aid. <laughs> um, next one. I thought I was the funny one. Uh, <laughs> the next one is, you're only my third favorite Glover. <laughs> And I mean, that's a bit harsh on John Glover. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and the last one is, do you know I had to go through February the 2nd 33 bloody times? <laughs> uh, what do you reckon, guys? I, I'm going to go with uh, with the Groundhog Day one because I was uh, trying to do 12 bills of Christmas and I was going to try and find uh, things where Bill Murray was up against sort of one uh, counterpart to yeah. Yeah, yeah and then work it that way mm. okay Dave yeah, I'm doing that I'll go with that go okay with congratulations that. to Brian Davis you've just won yourself a Filippity Freddo <laughs> right uh, so next week's film has been picked out of the festive hat now that Dave's uh, pulled it off um, and the hat that is and <laughs> it's unfortunately the last of our Christmas series of films but what a great film to go out on it is the infamous 2013 family caper bone alone <laughs> oh christ <laughs> did you forget about that one yeah that even existed yeah. it has been mentioned many many time on this podcast before so if you haven't seen it and you want to be spared the trouble <laughs> then check out next week's episode because it's going to be a good one anyway the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so in the role of defense is going to be myself and alex 
in the role of prosecution is going to be Dave and Ozzy. Uh, good luck. And in the role of judge is going to be Joel. So thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. If you liked the episode, please remember to like, share and subscribe. If you're feeling in the festive spirit, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and put a little love into our hearts. <laughs> uh, now, just spread the warm love that his films on trial in as many years as possible. Check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, on Twitter, at the underscore quirks. You can follow us there as well, at Film Trials. And check us out on our website, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So that is it. Scrooged is a sheet. And we will be in your ears next week with Bone Alone. (laughs) Can't wait. See you later. Goodbye. (laughs) 